This is the Visual Developers Podcast with your hosts, Matt Varghese and Ben Parker. From maker interviews to tutorials and more, we're here to talk about all things no code. Hi, everybody. Ben here with the Visual Dev FM podcast. And I'm joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Lacey and Matt. Hello. Hey. And uh, have an awesome episode for you today. We're going to talk a little bit about Coda, one of my favorite tools, one of my favorite no-code tools. I love it so much. I am obsessed with it. And uh, I can't quit talking about it, and I think I'm annoying people uh, by how much I talk about Coda. But we're going we're gonna to dive into it today. But before we get there, as always, we're going to stop and talk about what's new with No Code and our No Code Roundup. So things that are happening in the No Code world, there was a great app that is looks like it's coming out. It's called Create with – it's called Play. Uh, the website is createwithplay.com. And it is, you can request a, a beta invite at this point, but, uh, and it's basically a way for you to design and prototype on your phone, which the, the website, by the way, is just completely unbelievable. It's so gorgeous. Uh, the design is great. The app looks incredible. I don't know what the experience is actually like, uh, but I'm excited to try this out at some point because it looks it looks unbelievable. I, I can't wait to give it a go. Uh, so createwithplay.com, as always, links in the show notes. Um, uh, our friends at JetBoost have something new. It's a new clonable to use CMS filters uh, with. And uh, Lacey, did you, did you see this one? I did. I did. So JetBoost is very quickly becoming probably maybe my first or second absolute favorite thing built on top of Webflow. And so what JetBoost does is it lets you create these dynamic filters for your uh, CMS collections. And what they've done is they've gone in and kind of hashed out these filters so where you can have like basic filters from uh, radio buttons or checkboxes, uh, you know, multi-select buttons. And then you can have multi-reference filters. So it like, say you you're searching for something and it matches either option um, A or B um, or A and B. And then you can combine filters. Um, they have like drop down filters, multi-filter and search. Um, and all of this goes on top of your, again, your Webflow CMS collections. And to build this out would be, I mean, pain it would be really hard to build this out for your webflow site so the fact that you can just hook this up and it's plug and play and ready to go is super exciting and i'm i'm actually about to implement this into a client project and i am so excited to get to this step so awesome i typically use javascript when i do this uh in fact i have some clonables out there uh and so I'm I'm excited to try this. There's a couple of projects that I have in mind that I would love to give this a go with. And so it's my plan to grab this and, and give it a try. Looking forward to it. It looks so awesome. Um, and plus, Chris is absolutely one of the coolest people on the face of the planet. So, and so if nice. you don't follow him, you're at on Twitter, you're absolutely missing out. So, um, and then uh, our... Her Elliot champion sent me a tweet. Uh, there's some Elliot <laughs> news. Um, Matt is Matt loves Elliot. He thinks it's the greatest thing since life. I am an Elliot stan, and I am not ashamed to admit it. I haven't even, and to be completely honest with you, I haven't even played with the product yet. But like, 
I really, really am a big fan of the founders and like their work ethic and their attitude. And they're very active on Twitter. Um, and I am just as I was telling you before the call, like a lot of people do ask me, like, why are you such a big fan of Elliot? And it's like, I'm always rooting for the underdog. Um, but yeah, just some in, in Elliot news, Elliot is hiring a ton of people. They're hiring two exe- account executives, four backend engineers, two customer success reps, four front engineers, two sales reps, and two designers. Um, so if you are interested, reach out to them. Um, I think that's a great opportunity for anyone looking to get into commerce. And it's cool because like a lot of people, you know, I'm, I feel like I try to follow as many people that are well-known and well-versed in commerce on Twitter. And I think a lot of people are talking about it and there are a lot of really good write-ups about it. Um, and there was one that came out today from Morning Brew. Um, Morning Brew, if you don't have it, it is actually a really, really great daily newsletter. Um, we were just kind of griping about daily newsletters before, but Morning Brew is one of the ones I'm signed up for that I actually do read. So, um, but they, they did a write-up on um, Elliot and I, I think it's great. It talks about the platform and um, you know, how they're shaping up against Spotify and Amazon and things of that nature. So um, go check that out. Um, we'll have, as always, links in the um, show notes for each of these. Is, is there a chance here for me to say why I don't like Elliot? Is Please. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we'll fight afterwards, but yeah. <laughs> no, no, I haven't given, a, given it a shot either. It's something I would love to to try at some point. The one thing that bugs me is I go to their website and they have like 17 scroll bars on the side and I don't know what's happening there. Nah. Have you seen that? It's the design snob in me that it really, I'm, I'm like, I want to fix it so bad. That's um, fair. That's no. fair. No, it's not fair. It's kind of an, it's kind of a, a jerk thing to, to say, but whatever. Um, I'm a jerk. All right. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, Noah, our friend Noah, who is a Webflow uh, moderator and guru. Isn't he a moderator? Was he a moderator? Yeah, he, is he is a moderator. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and just a guru. Uh, he posted a tweet today about uh, what would it look like to redesign the profile pages of designers and the dashboard of Webflow. So when you go to the explore, the showcase section of Webflow and you see everybody's sites and profiles, he redesigned that just kind of his own ideas is super incredible. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go check it out. It made me wish that it was real. Uh, I loved, I loved it so much. Other Webflow stuff. Vlad tweeted about this, and uh, it got shared internally at Webflow a little bit. But uh, uh, there is a rebuild of the PlayStation Four interface in Webflow, and it was by Sarkis. And I, I'm gonna, I can't even pronounce the last name, so I'm not even gonna try. If somebody wants to jump in and give it a shot, nah, I'm good. You might do better than me. I'm sorry, Sarkis, but the design is killer. Your skills are unbelievable. I love. I have opened this site so many times and just been like, I can't believe this was built. He um, went flow. He just um, released a Squarespace clone in Webflow too. He rebuilt the entire Squarespace site and he's releasing, I'll see if I can pull together some for our Twitter moment in the show notes. He's releasing a bunch of clonables too. And they're great, super high quality clonables. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, So definitely something to keep an eye on. Adalo uh, for the win. They've got some new stuff um, and they just announced a couple new features. 
Yes. Definitely. Or a new feature. Yeah. So basically before with Adalo, if you wanted to publish to the app store, you had to email them and they would work through the process with you. And now it is literally a one-click publish to the app store. Um, you download your app. I think it's called Test Flight. And then from there, it goes into the app store for Apple and Android. And I mean, that I... I am so excited about this. I can barely contain myself because it just, it makes it that much faster and that much more seamless. And now I'm like, I'm just trying to come up with a random crap that I could just create. Just, I just want, I just want to do it. I just want to publish something to the app store and say that I've done it. Um, just a random product. So, um, yeah, really excited for their team. They're growing like wildfire and they're also hiring. So if you are looking for a job in the no code space, they have some openings. Which is awesome. I love the team at Adalo. They seem like some of the coolest people, just so nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, the product is incredible. So if you haven't tried it, definitely go check it out. It is worth your time. Uh, no Code Founders. So Joshua from No Code Founders. He, uh, If you're not a part of the No Code Founders uh, Slack group, uh, I think it's nocodefounders.com. Uh, go check it out. You can sign up, join the join the community. Great conversation, all kinds of fun stuff happening in there. And he announced, he's been announcing perks. Uh, the first one was $500 in Airtable credit. I think today he just announced some bubble credits as well for, uh, for a month, which is really cool. So if you're not a part of that community, you're missing out, especially if there's some tools you've been wanting to try. Um, he's He's been doing a good job of really trying to take care of the no-code community and and lobby for everybody. And it's, it's, it's really cool. It's a great place to go uh, hang out if you're into no-code for sure. Um, other things that happened, uh, the golden kitties. Yeah. Uh, so, which is product hunt, uh, you know, and we could talk about all of the winners cause I'm, I love product hunt and just I'm obsessed with it, but they had a no code product of the year category. Um, and in first place was MakerPad. So congrats to the MakerPad team. That's very cool. Super excited for you. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, and glide came in second and what blue e-commerce was third. So, nice. uh, and by the way, this sponsor, this uh, category was sponsored by Airtable, which is really cool. I'm really, I think it's really exciting to see MakerPad get in there as the winner of the no code space. I mean, especially I, you know, it makes me happy for them because they're not actually creating no code tools. They're just building on top of them and showing how to use them all. And I think that that should show, you know, everyone like there's so much space here so many people want to learn and so many people are interested in this space um and i'm just really happy for them i think it's excellent that they went in there and got it and then of course glide and webflow i think those are like our next i think as a team like our favorite two um platforms so and so i'm really pumped for them super cool and uh and of course you know webflow with the e-commerce win Super excited about that third place. Um, and then another thing that we wanted to talk about real quick, quick mention was Glide has released something called Glide Orgs, which is meant for internal teams. So uh, it's not, the, the pricing is a little bit different than what you might expect with a typical, yeah. you know, Glide account. Right. Yeah. So with Glide Orgs, um, I believe they, they just released it and it's kind of in beta. So I believe um, I talked to Jack about it. I think some things might change around it, but um, he, he was saying that, you know, a lot of companies have internal apps, um, things that they use, they call them 
I, I believe dark apps or something like that, because they're not necessarily published to the app store because you don't want the public to access it. Um, but it's for your team. So they release Glide Orgs. Um, and it's essentially, you don't, it's different pricing. Um, it's pricing based on the number of active users you have. So if you have 10 employees a month, you pay $8 per app user per month, and you can build up to 10 apps. So you're unlike the, the you know, Glide's pricing for, uh, you know, people like me, where I have like, an, I'm just like the end customer, um, and I'm paying per app. I can build up to 10 um, on their basic plan um, and then have unlimited developers. I can have up to 100 app users, 25,000 rows, and 10 gigs of storage per app. And I can limit login by my organization or email. So I think that's a steal. Um, they also have a business organization plan, but you will, I believe you have to um, reach out to them to ask about it. So um, if you're looking to you know, build an internal app for your team, a good you know, central spot for organization and, you know, you've got the access control because you have um, your authentication there and you can verify by email. Um, you know, I think glide orgs would be a great first step for you. I love it. I'm, I'm so excited about this glide. One of our favorite tools here. We really love uh, building with it, love playing with it because it's so powerful. And so just super, super stoked to, to uh, get to play with this and check it out. So uh, glide orgs, like Matt said, if you've got something like internally for teams you want to build, this is definitely something to check out. We got some links in the show notes about the announcement in the community and then a landing page page you can check out with more information. So um, so the other thing I want to talk about, no Cody's. So this is Tuesday that you're listening to this. Uh, that means on Wednesday, no Cody's voting is going to open up and we want you all to vote. So we'll have it open Um of voting open we'll be tweeting about it uh lots of different nominations and lots of different categories we're super excited about it so um it's your last chance if you're listening on tuesday you have you still have just a little bit of time to go nominate uh products or people um that you want to see uh there and then you know after that we want to we want to encourage you to go vote uh for your favorite no code makers tools all that fun stuff so it should be super cool and uh trying to come up with a fun way to recognize all of our all of our winners um the other thing we want to talk about real quick, and I say real quick, like our intros just keep getting longer and longer, uh, which is Facts. which is funny. It makes me laugh. But there's lots of stuff happening in Code, and we, we love talking about these pieces. So um, for us, uh, we, had, we were having conversations internally, and uh, I, I'm going to let Lacey speak more most about this. But for the entire month of March, um, our podcast is going to change a little bit. It's... Um, it's Women's History Month, and we had been having conversations internally about how uh, difficult it can be for women in tech and what that looks like. And so for the entire month of March, Matt and I are going to step back, um, and we won't be playing a vocal role in the podcast. We'll just be uh, playing the role of support for, for Lacey, and uh, we're going to give her the mic for a month uh, to talk to different people about different things about what this is like. So I'm just going to shut up now and let Lacey really talk about the heart of all of this. Yeah, definitely. I'm really excited about this. Um, I think, and I'm going to keep it brief because it's going to come out, you know, more in the coming weeks and as we get into March, but really wanting to showcase and show light on the women makers and creators that in our space that um, really we're just not seeing a lot of, but, but they're there. And, um, you know, I've been so fortunate to be like really accepted into this no code community. 
um, and really like kind of hoist it up. And I want to showcase other women that are doing the same, even like, it doesn't even have to be no code. Um, you know, they're out there in tech and they're, they're going forward and it's just, you know, it can kind of be an, an invisible space. And so I'm really excited to bring them on. And if you have a woman in tech that you think that you want to hear on the podcast, definitely let me know. Um, you know, we're lining people up right now and I'm really excited about who we've got coming on. And I wish I could share because I sent a text or I sent a, a Slack message to Ben and Matt. And I was like, literally my head was about to pop off that this person accepted to come on to the podcast. So I'm really excited about it. Uh, we're super excited to, we'll have a website coming soon. Uh, one thing we want people to do is we want to challenge other podcasts to do the same thing. Maybe you won't take a whole month, but take one week in the month of March and give the mic to uh, to a, a woman in tech uh, to really share her story and talk about uh, you know what it's like to, I mean, unfortunately, it be the minority. We, we talked about our visual dev school um, and we've mentioned that in other episodes, we've had a bunch of signups and we want to sh- share some of that uh, soon and kind of where that's going and what we're working on. But, uh, you know, just the, the, the amount of women that signed up for that, it was extremely, you know, you're just like, Oh man, I think out of all, we had a lot and there was just one or two women who signed up. And so we want to do what we can to encourage more women to be involved. We want to do what we can to provide more of a voice and we want to do what we can to be a support. And so we're excited about, about this and and hope you dig it as much as we do. So awesome. That being said, let's dive into today's episode, which is uh, Coda. If you haven't used Coda, I'm so, I feel so bad for you. <laughs> Just as I am an Elliot Stan, you are a Coda Stan. Let's be very clear here. It is the same energy. I, uh, I will not deny that accusation. <laughs> it's pretty accurate. It's pretty accurate. I love it. Now, when, when, so right now, I am even reading these. So we have an outline that we build for every episode. I'm literally reading this outline right out of Coda. Um, we use it for the podcast. Originally, we were using Notion, and I pushed to use Coda, and I think um, it, two two versus one here. Uh, so, so let's let's just talk about a little bit what dot creation apps do. Both of you love and have you used bef- and that you used before and that you really enjoy. You know, uh, opening up and, and jumping into. So I never really loved um, dot creation anything because it always felt very um, like sterile and boring to me. And I don't like long lists and, you know, I have to be able to have some sort of creativity when I'm working. So I've mm-hmm. almost always used pen and paper um, the old fashioned way. <laughs> and that's because I can make all my notes and I can do all my things. And then you showed uh, or you showed me about notion And I was like, oh my gosh, this like matches my workflow. And so I get giddy about being organized. I'm not an organized person, but if you look at my Notion, you would think I'm the most organized person in the world. So um, Notion is is still my favorite, even though we were pushed out um, of it. But um, yeah, that that one's mine. Although I, I do see Word Perfect here on the notes, and that that was the jam back in the day. It, so it was it. It was all about it. Word I 
I literally do not know what that is. Like, I, I, is oh, that? Gosh, you, like, literally, <laughs> please explain it to me. At Matt Varu on Twitter, <laughs> you send your complaints there. He doesn't know what Word Perfect is. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, right. Word Word Perfect is like an older program uh, that was that was used, like a dot creation uh, program that was used, and uh, you know, it was it was before the Microsoft Word movement. It was it was an app that people used to to create create docs, and that's what I originally. In fact, well, the, I originally created my docs in an MS DOS program. I think it was WordPerfect and uh, Dot Matrix Printer to print those out to take them to school because um, I'm old, and that's the, that's the old tech that I use. But you know, uh, and I'll be honest with you, there's something so soothing about that super mechanical keyboard. And mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that green text on a black background that's just very soothing and reassuring. And if you t- we talk focus mode, there was no Twitter to distract you. There was no that. It was way before that, right? Like focus mode, it was it was all about it. So uh, no, wow. we, we, we yeah, you know. Well, I mean. Uh, when you wrote this down earlier, you said it out loud during a call, and I think Lacey chuckled, but I literally had no idea what it was, and I was too scared to say anything. But now, now this makes sense why I don't know what it is. Um, it makes me laugh that you're too scared to say it off air, but you say it off air. <laughs> you know, you, yeah, you live and you learn. But um, to, a- to answer your question, what is my favorite doc app? Um, I am a Notion fan, too. Um, in fact, I think before Lacey even came on the podcast, Ben, you and I had a pretty extensive talk and tried to pitch each other on Notion versus Coda. Um, and you were trying to sell me on, on Coda and I was trying to sell you on Notion. And I somehow, I, you definitely let me win that, that battle because after seeing everything that Coda has to offer compared to Notion, um, you know, I think there's a lot more there with Coda, but Notion is still my favorite um, because... I have, I have, I like Coda a lot and we'll get into it later, but I think Notion has better, to me, better folder and like organization type structures. Um, and I just like the ability to like, just jump in and type. I don't know. I guess Coda has that too, but for some reason I lean towards Notion and it might be the learning curve. I think there's a slight learning cl- curve to know um, how to use Coda but um, yeah, I think I lean towards Notion or if I want to spin something up really quickly, I will do Google Docs. Just do the, you guys know about the, the shortcut docs.new to just literally yeah, spin the old up. .new domain. Yeah, exactly, man. So sometimes I'll just do that if I want to jot something down. But those well, are- Let me good. blow your mind. There is a coda.new and you no can coda.new and get a new coda doc. Yeah, yeah. Wow. They're on thought, that Google train too. So I thought, I thought Google had uh, that- like TLD exclusively for some reason. I think they partnered with Google to make it happen. So there wow. you go. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't right. know Today the details for sure. Yeah. yeah. So Coda does have that. I So uh, I'll just start by saying, you know, I was forever. I used to train people how to use Google Docs. Like I spent, I've talked more about the G Suite of apps than I think maybe any person in this world who doesn't work at Google, you know, like I I've talked about Google a lot and I like writing in a Google doc. I, you know, there's something fun about a web-based product that you don't need any software for. If you have a browser that will connect to the internet, you're gold. Right. Um, but 
I was looking for something more and I got into Notion. So I've been a big Notion fan for a while. And I, you know, my whole to-do list, my process, how I worked, I'll, I'll have to, I'll find a screenshot. Maybe we can throw in the show notes here to go with it, but of how I set up my workspace um, in Notion, I had, you know, like a place where every, so like one of the things I like to do is on Sunday nights or Monday mornings, I like to literally just go through and list out all of my to-dos and everything that's on my plate, make sure everything that I've been thinking of, things that got left off last week, right? And I, I list those out. And then I would, every day I had it where I could drag those items over to how I was going to schedule out my day. So morning and afternoon, and then, you know, I would knock those off. And if, I didn't get things finished. They went into a special container because those were going to be first on my priority the next day. Um, you know, and then I had a place for ongoing projects and I tweeted about, you can go look at my Twitter. I tweeted about notion a lot before a lot of people were using it. I just was a huge notion fan. Um, there's some things that I, I mean, it's slick. It looks great. There's no doubt about that. They have dark mode, um, which, that's the one thing I want Co to have right now because, like, on this video call, this like it, the white is making my face way too bright right now. <laughs> it's blinding me. Yeah, it's like you know, it's that there's that dark mode from from Notion, and then you know, Notion's tables. There's something so satisfying about those little blocks they use for multi-select fields, and I don't know, it mm-hmm. just makes you. It's like like warm cookies coming out of the oven, you know, it just makes you feel all great and happy. And I, I don't know if you don't like cookies, I don't have a good, you know, alternative to that, but you know, there's something very comforting about notion. Maybe it's the time that I spend in it. And then Coda, I was introduced to Coda and oh my gosh. So for me, it's a game changer. So what, you know, for me, the why Coda piece is, you know, it's it's Google Docs on steroids. So uh, the first thing that that I love about Coda is, you know, and people will say, well, Notion does this too, but I can write in Markdown. Um, if you don't know what Markdown is, link in the show description. Uh, but I use Markdown all over the place. I write in GitHub quite a bit, so used to using it there. And it's just a syntax that I'm really comfortable with. And there's a lot of tools that will convert it if you have files. So like even in Integromat, shout out to Integromat, you can literally, they have a Markdown to HTML converter inside Integromat. So if you had Markdown files, you can convert those, which is really cool. You know, Dropbox supports it now, Dropbox Paper. Dropbox Paper will even let you export, you know, uh, your documents as Markdown files, which is really cool. Um, and, and Dropbox Paper is can seem slick. Uh, at times, but you know, I I felt the same way about it that Lacey did. It's kind of like, okay, well, I dumped this information in here, and people can comment on it, and uh, I can look at the revision history. Well, that's like that's about it. Like it's just, I mean, it's me screaming into a sewer pipe. You know, there's no, it's just the void, right? Like there's nothing coming back. It's just document creation, and that is what I love about. Coda is that it takes that and kind of flips it on its side and it's really on top of the collaboration piece and being able to work together. It lets you, you know, so I was saying this to Matt earlier. It's like, okay, you can create a doc in notion, but at the end of the day, it's just holding your data. Right. And you can do some things with tables and relational data, but it's just holding your data. Same thing with Google doc. It just, it holds your data, but Coda, you can actually build something that functions with it. So not only is it, not only is it holding data for you, but you can connect it to outside sources. You can automate things 
uh, to run inside of it. And it's, it's super powerful. So you can think about it like Google Docs on steroids. They have, um, they have these, these things called packs. So these apps that you can connect to your Coda doc. And when you think about Coda, think about tables. It's about, it's about spreadsheets. So you insert a table and you in, input your data, or you can connect it to Google Calendar. They have Slack, Gmail, Shopify, uh, Jira, Intercom, GitHub, which is what I'm using currently, um, Figma, Spotify, Wikipedia, um, Generate Barcodes, which is funny, Discourse, if you're in a Discourse forum, Google Search Console, console Google Natural Language, Google Talk Contacts, Dropbox, Greenhouse, um, Instagram. I mean, the list goes on and on. They even have like MLB and NBA stats that you can pull in, stocks, trig- trigonometry, Twilio, which is really cool, weather, YouTube. I mean, all these different pieces, Zapier. And, and all these different packs, you can literally connect your Koto account to those accounts and pull in that data. And then once you have data in a table where Koto really shines is you can keep inserting versions of that table. So you use that same base data, but you can, you can put in all these different views. And you have like, you know, you can have a regular table, but you can have a cards view. You can have a calendar view if there's dates involved. They have this detail view that's kind of like a flip book, which is really cool. Um, they have charts. You can sync it with an external uh, external source or sync with a, another coded doc. So you can share data between docs, which is really awesome. Um, you can import. And they have images. They have buttons and all these different things. But one of the cool things about it is uh, the documents also have these doc settings where you can not only have the packs, but you can set up automation. So you can say, add a rule to your document. So uh, for me, I inserted a button. And I got this from, so this past week, I, I built this really complicated doc for Webflow. And I ran into one issue where I just couldn't figure out a formula. And I talked to John at Coda. So shout out to John because he's a super cool guy and went above and beyond to help me out, um, which I really appreciated. And Charlotte also from, from Coda props to both of you, but uh, they really helped me out, but I was talking to them ab- about a few things that I, I wanted to do and, and they helped me find some solutions, but then they also shared with me a template that uh, in an automation where essentially they had data in a tab table and a button. And whenever you clicked the button um, below it, so you could insert a button, you could attach a formula to it. It would t- copy the data in its current form and the table you had and paste it with a date added and to a new table. So you can literally take snapshots of data. And then with the automation tools, you can literally say every hour, every week, every month, take a snapshot of this data. And then you can insert a chart view of that data and have a longitudinal view of what you've got going. There's just all kinds of power inside of Coda, which I think on the automations piece, yeah. on the automations piece, how, how intricate are we talking? Are we talking like Zapier level automations or are we talking like, you know, you can schedule this X task to run within Coda, talking to Coda data, or is it like automating between different, you know, services? Explain that. It's not basic, but it's not, uh, it's also not Integra Matters Zapier, right? It's somewhere in between. So you can set, you have all kinds of rules. You can say when a row is updated, do this when a row is modified, do this when a new row is added, do this. So like if, if you're, if you're importing Instagram posts 
or you know with a pack or if you're you're you know whatever it is you're pulling in this data when there's a new row added let's go ahead and fire this off and send that data to a webflow project um, because there's a Zapier integration we can pass this so you can do all these things with it people literally build uh, so we've talked about um, and I wish it's one of those things I could show off and show to other people but we talked about this on the prod, on the podcast before I built this app to track GitHub issues and webflow and I rebuilt it in Coda. And it, uh, the power is amazing. It's literally syncing with GitHub and pulling in information. And you can slice it and dice it and use all these formulas to really um, rank things, uh, you know, put things in, into different views and a chart and visualize all this data. There's just so much power. And users can come in and add and manipulate. You know, if, if people are signed into their own GitHub account and have access to that same repository, they can literally edit the data from within Coda and never have to go into GitHub, which is really cool. And then Coda allows you to have, so like in their flipbook view, the detail view, I call it flipbook, but like it literally has these, these cards on the left-hand side and it's a searchable area. And then you have all these records on the right-hand side. So it's like a, a page with a side menu. And at the bottom of those, they have a place where you can comment. So, you know, when you see something, you can type in comments and it notifies everybody in the document that, you know, so you can kind of have your own running conversation about things. And then just like Google Docs or anything else, you can highlight text and and uh, leave comments and it, it notifies you. I just feel like the power that it provides outside of just writing a document but actually having something that functions. I mean, for instance, here we're using a, a table with a timer to time this, this podcast. So we know how long we've been going. It's literally a table. You push a button and it shows how long, you know, this, this, this has been recording. Um, and then you can pause it, stop it, reset it. It's really, it's pretty neat. Like it, and it's uh it's just a super powerful uh, doc. And I, I'll put a link in the show description, but they have a whole page of all their formulas and all the things that it will do. And it, it's pretty wild. It sounds awesome. It makes, I mean, hearing you talk about it makes me want to go in and, and play with it more than I have. Um, you know, we moved all of our visual dev stuff, everything over. And so, or we're in the process, I guess. Um, and I've kind of been a little intimidated by it getting started because I guess with Notion, I felt like the learning curve was just a lot smaller. And so I could just jump in. Um, and I felt like within a couple hours, I really had my bearings and I knew what I could do and I could think of how to organize it in my head. Um, and this, it feels like, you know, there's so much, I guess, maybe more options, more customization available. I'm not, I'm not sure exactly what, what I'm looking for, what I'm saying that other than to say it's, it looks extremely powerful. And I'm just wondering like how, what's the best, you know, way to use it? Like for, you know, how we're using it, we're planning stuff with the podcast, we're planning stuff with the school, you know, we're, we've got, you know, all this different stuff. And, I, and I'm thinking about um, how it allows you to have these channels come in, like with on Slack and um, Gmail and stuff like that. And with calendaring, and I'm like, maybe we could really centralize everything that we're doing. Cause you know, we're all running around grabbing an email, you know, sharing this, doing this uh, makes me kind of wonder if we couldn't centralize everything more into one place off of Coda. That would be sweet. And I I'm actually a hundred percent with you too. I think again, it's like the, the, the learning curve 
And it's it's weird to say the learning curve because like in this, it, it, like you're, it's essentially a doc maker. But like to me, after seeing like or like Ben talks about all the time what um, he he can do with it, and like you can integrate all these things. And but sometimes I'm like, I just need a place to like write a doc. And I know that like with my mind, if I know I can connect all these things, then I'm gonna spend a ton of time like oh, maybe I'm just going to drop my calendar underneath this into my simple five task to-do list. Like I just go overkill and like, I just have decision paralysis. So I think that's one of the reasons it's weird. It's like, I'm almost wanting a simpler thing, but it's super cool. Cause I think you're hundred percent right, Lacey. Like it would be awesome if we could. And I think that's the goal here. Um, have like a central dashboard, um, if mm-hmm. you will, for all of visual Devco stuff. Yeah. Well, the really cool part about it is, so, so I can see some of that and I would, I, I'd love to, you know, I hear this too. And I think when I first saw Coda, I was like, oh, I don't get this. Um, you know, I think it's, it's funny. Like it's, it's trying to understand what's special about it. And I think there are a couple things that, that are really cool. One, they do have a great template uh, place, like a, a center where you can kind of go see what other people have built and you can copy those docs. So if you're looking for a certain type of functionality, but the other thing that they have that's built into, um, into Coda is they do have like when you hit the plus button to insert something, they have a show templates. And then on the, on the right hand side, it'll pop out a tray and it's like, you can insert quickly a to do list, like voting on something. So one of the things that I've started using this for is, Instead of chat, because Slack goes by so fast, is literally create a doc that's templated with, you know, motivation and why are we doing this and what are the drawbacks and what are the positives and then putting a table below it and then people can vote up or down and we can make asynchronous decisions without having to be meeting face to face, you know, where everybody stands and then just having a place for people to voice their dissent or to even just say, instead of yes or no, we also have an option of, I think we should talk about this in person because it's more complicated, you know? So you have a place to table it, you know, there are journal pieces, project overviews, Gantt charts, you know, sentiment trackers, which is unbelievable. Uh, a way to track how your team is feeling, um, you know, ratings tables, e- you know, email section. There's just all these different pieces that you can literally just, you click on these and drag them in and it allows you to do so much. And I think the other thing about Coda that's really intimidating at first is like, let's just be honest. Tables are ugly. They look terrible. Um, You know, it's like when you put a bunch of content into a table and so you'll see this in Google docs or Google sheets. You see this in Coda, you know, you have like a, the name of something, a date, and then you have this big description and now the table it's like spaced weird because the column is really narrow and you're like, this looks like trash, uh, you know, and that's part of trying to, to figure out how to use Coda. So one of the things that I've learned, a trick that I use is one in Coda, when you have a table at the top right-hand corner, there's an eyeball and you can hide certain fields to really clean those up. But two, what I like to do is put in a section and hide it and put my tables that hold my data there. And then I put in, uh, the sections that everybody else has used that are detail views where you don't see the ugly version, but you see like a really clean version. That's almost like a form that you can fill out and you they're searchable. And it's really easy to find things. And I think the other thing that makes Coda really powerful is that all your tables, you know, if you, they each have these search functions if when certain views, but 
on the top left-hand corner, there's a master search box where you can search all of your tables uh, information, you know, in one spot and see, and it breaks it up. It says in this table, there's this, and this table, there's that. Um, and, and showing you where you might find that information. And so it's just, uh, to me, it's a super powerful tool. And I just don't think enough people are using it. I just think it's, it's so killer. I almost think enough people don't know about it because it just doesn't get talked about enough. And I do like really like um, the features that they have. And like, just like you were talking about, I think the granular granularness of it um, is it, super interesting to me. In fact, I just sent a listener to this podcast. I sent him a doc um, in Coda and it was cool because I could actually choose whether to show or hide my hidden fields um, to that end user. You know, if I just send someone view only access to this doc and I don't want them to see, you know, this specific field or my private notes, you know, I can do that. And I, I really appreciate that granularness. Yeah. yeah. And you can, oh. oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll ask my question after. No, I was going to say the other thing is you can really lock, you can lock sections down to where people can't edit those which is really cool. And I love like the, there's these little things like you get in the sidebar and the settings, it tells you how many words and what size the document is. And it, you know, you can subscribe to things and it gives you a document map. So you can actually see how all your tables connect to each other, which is really cool. So you kind of know what's happening. I just, uh, I don't know. I, I'm a huge fan of just how it functions. I think with Coda, there is this, everybody I talk to has this initial feeling of like, I don't know. Like it, it's kind of weird. It looks like there's a lot to it. Like it just doesn't feel there's something about it that. I mean, you guys talked about it. It doesn't feel like it's as well organized. I would argue, I hate the notion tray that pops out. You know, I want to get rid of that sidebar and every time my mouse moves to the left side of the screen, it pops out and I just want to throw things. Like it makes me <laughs> like, I hate that part. But like, so one thing I love about Coda is like when you minimize that, you don't see it. And I love that I can have all these different sections. It's like multiple docs in one doc, um, which is really great. But uh, I don't know. So Lacey, what was your question? Well, my question, and it, you know, maybe a little silly, but it's just one thing that it's, it's so hard for me to get past with Coda. So if, <clears throat> if I'm in a doc and then if I open that same doc in another tab, it won't let me open it. It tells yeah. me it's already open. And I guess with my workflow, I work with like multiple tabs on separate things. And then when I'm done, I close everything out. And so it's so kind of frustrating to me of like having to drag the tab around, which, you know, my collection of tabs in the window, um, it is an ancillary small first world problem, but it, it kind of irritates me that it's like, I, like, I don't understand and you know, why I can't edit my doc in multiple windows, so multiple tabs. Excuse me. That's a great point. And I think, so I think it comes down to data loss. I think the, the concern is, let's say you have it open in two places. Mm-hmm. Instead of treating the same user like a multi-user, it might be like, let's say you made all these edits in one doc and then you flip over here and it's like a version that's seven hours old. Well, that version gets saved when you hit it. And so now you get the seven, like you lost seven hours of work. Uh, you know, that's that's bad. I think that's the reason they do it. I don't know 100%. I'd love to hear from their team why they do it. That's yeah. my That's my best guess. Mm-hmm. But what I will say is, I actually like that because it keeps me from having too many tabs open. Just as somebody who is a, like always has too many tabs open, it makes me, anytime I see that message, I'm like, right. 
I've opened this before. Why do I not know that I have it open? Mm-hmm. Uh, but two, they do have a great workaround for it, um, which is if you get the, there's a Coda extension for Chrome. And if you have it, it will literally say, oh, you have it open somewhere else, but would you like me to open it here? And it will. And mm-hmm. I think it closes the other session. It ends the other session and opens it in the tab that you want it in. So yeah. you just need the, you need the extension. The other cool thing about the extension is, in your search bar, you can type Coda, and then it automatically switches, and now you're searching your Coda docs instead awesome. of searching Google, which is really cool. So oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. I, I uh, take it back. Maybe I'm not quite as annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a lot of the the gripes that I have with Coda are things that like I'll talk to you, Ben, about in conversation. You'll be like, "Oh yeah, this is how you do that," and then I'm just like, "Oh, cool. Okay, I, I didn't know that." Um, so I think it's just a learning thing. Um, you just got to get used to it. Yeah. And you know, I know they have some, some help sections. I don't do that. Do they have a, this is incredibly ignorant and something I probably should have Googled, but do they have like a university or a learning center? Uh-huh. Um, I think so. And I, the thing is, so I've been in Coda for like, how long, when did we make the switch? Like three weeks ago. And I just now saw it yeah. today. So I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, Coda.io slash learn. Yeah, that would have been so helpful to have known or seen, you know, weeks ago. So I saw that today. I am going to jump in and go through it all, and, and hopefully that will help a lot. Thank God you're here. Yeah, because I, I would have never – I didn't even I didn't even think to look. Uh, <laughs> they do have video, they have video courses on essentials, schema design, uh, projects, CRM, and formulas. And then they have resources as well, interactive tutorials. And then they have little cool things like coming from Excel. So if you've come from a spreadsheet, but what it really, it really is targeted towards people who are spreadsheet, spreadsheet oriented. I just cussed in this podcast on accident. <laughs> uh, spreadsheet oriented. Uh, this, is a, this is a tool that you'll really love, you know? And for me, like, so uh, weird love of basketball and I used to coach it and, I love scouting, statting it, and I would build these elaborate Google Sheets where each tab, each sheet tab was a, a, a game in the season, and then I had two or three dashboard sheets that totaled everything up and gave you visuals on what was happening over the season and you know, showed you your leaders of, you know, all you had to do was enter in the stats for the game and it would automatically compile everything. So for me, I've always loved spreadsheets and kind of nerding out and seeing what I can build and this feels just like an incredible, powerful extension of that that lets me not only do that, but then also connect that spreadsheet and those that data to other apps and port it elsewhere or do other things with it, which is which is really really neat. So, yeah, yeah, it makes me so like this now. I am excited to look at this, like consider it more for centralizing our entire like operations everything that we're doing um that does make me excited because i feel like all of us are jumping around like you know maniacs trying to manage all these different uh, channels so then maybe this will be cool i'm excited about it a peek behind the visual dev curtain yeah uh, it looks calm on the exterior but on the inside the house <laughs> is on fire and we're all running around <laughs> like crazy <laughs> I feel like that's accurate. I feel like that's accurate. It's like that SpongeBob episode where I'm, I'm really doing this, but like where inside his mind everything's on fire. That's what it feels like. This is fine. Like. This is fine. <laughs> this is fine. Uh, I love it. So that's Coda. 
I don't know what your favorite dot creation tool is, but I can't wait to hear from all of you on your thoughts and what you're using. Um, you know, I, I love Markdown so much and doing my own thing that I would literally, before this, I had left Notion and was literally writing Markdown docs and pushing them to GitHub um, and, and working in GitHub for my notes uh, with some, some fun little specific stuff I did. But um, I'm glad to be back in Notion and and using it i think it's a cool, cool you mean tool. you mean coda <laughs> oh coda you know i am i am glad to be back in notion i'm glad you said that then because we are going so back. we're moving back to notion <laughs> well, glad to be back in coda and, and using it i have so much fun with it and uh you know I, like i was telling telling Lacey and matt i think it's it's just the power for you to really you can build like these monster applications or or pieces without you don't have to know how to code. Like you just know a little spreadsheet, uh, you know, formulas, and you can really do incredible things. And what's really cool when you start using formulas too, we didn't talk about this, but they literally, as you start writing a formula, they have all these guides that pop up on screen that tell you everything and what value it expects and what things that should, should go there. It's, it's truly, truly really powerful and, and really helps you if you're not sure what should be happening, kind of walk through the process. So. Good stuff. Strong work, Coda team. Awesome. We got to have, have Al on. We do need to have Al on. I've talked to Al before, and I'm like, yeah, we need to have him on. We need to have him on to do uh, an interview. Al spoke at No Code Comp and was incredible. Mm-hmm. And uh, Al Chen. And so um, I'll, I'll reach out to him and see if cool. we can't get him scheduled soon. Uh, we'll get him on the podcast. And we also want to say thanks to Bram again for coming on last week and being – uh, I guess had a lot of fun uh, chatting with him and by viewing all the downloads, it seems like everybody had a good time listening. So thanks so much for listening uh, and, and to our podcast and for being a part of the no code community. And uh, we're looking forward to talking to you again next week. Bye Cheers. everybody. I've been here from the visual dev FM podcast. And before we go, we wanted to ask if you'd head on over to iTunes and review and rate our podcast. If you need an easy link to get there, just head on over to visualdev.fm slash review and click on the button and uh, get, leave us a, a rating. We'd love to hear from you, love to hear your reviews, and would appreciate the help. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to visualdev.fm. You can find us on your favorite social media platform at visualdev.fm. 